the the statue is literally a dick and balls that was unveiled on atop her grave and it's five and a half feet tall which My is jaw is on the floor right about now. the height of ely just for reference um <laughs> you, wait you said five and a half feet yes that is taller than me <laughs> I'm sorry what was that <laughs> i can't hear you it's a little choppy oh my god okay since zach has such a huge problem with it today i'm recording using my airpods because i'm currently off site i'm working from north carolina for a staff retreat um so go ahead and whine about it <laughs> i don't really care tbh <laughs> no sorry, honestly not sorry i give you high quality <laughs> audio every single week i turn that shit out and the one week that i'm not home i cannot fit my big ass mic in my suitcase so sorry not sorry <laughs> okay honestly i don't have a problem with it it's not ideal but you you're know literally what? so you're... embarrassed by it you're like no. i have to make a disclaimer <laughs> Like, okay, can you give me, like, the autonomy <laughs> to make my own disclaimer? Not the Typical autonomy. white man trying to hijack oh literally God. everything. It's like, please. No, honestly. Okay, I, I, a disclaimer, I feel like it's it's a given. Like, it needed to happen. It's not because I'm embarrassed. In fact, I'm proud that you are making time for us while you are working in the South wow. Plantation grounds Thank you're on, you. apparently. Yeah, you guys don't go to UNC. It's literally <laughs> an old plantation. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, you made time for us and we have lots to talk about. Yeah, so it would have been welcome. difficult to skip. Yeah, thank you. I'm thanking you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Jesus, we will make do for this week. <laughs> Damn. And honestly, happy for you too, because you get to just lay in bed. You don't have to worry about having a surface in front of you to put the mic oh, on. I'm chilling. <laughs> reclined y'all i'm reclined yeah. you're gonna fall asleep while we're recording maybe i i want to get a, a mic attachment like a drive uh, <laughs> drive through mic so that i can do this every week because a drive through mic i actually have a lap desk at home so maybe i will be reclined next week you're gonna be able to balance that thing i feel like it's gonna be teetery no it's like a lap it's like a lap desk it has legs Oh, it's not one of those like weird things where there's a foam cushion on the bottom of it. No, it like has lap. legs and you put wow. it over on either side of your waist and then it, the desk sits in front of you. Yeah, my, my job bought that for me because I told them I didn't have room for an actual desk. Oh, that's cool. You might need to bust it out for me next time I'm watching Sherry so I can use it. It's literally right there. <laughs> okay, you'll have to point it out to me. Anyway, we should get started because we do have a lot to discuss. I feel like I say that every time. Okay. But uh, some of this is catch up from our break and some of it is not. Yeah. So this is somewhat catch up because I've been last Tuesday. It's not mustard. Mm -hmm. It's catch up. Oh, my um, God. Bye. So Kansas secured a huge win for abortion rights. Again, this last Tuesday night, Dude, they voted to continue to protect abortion in the state constitution, which was the no campaign to protect mm -hmm. abortion rights. And at the time this story was written, I haven't been able to find any updated numbers, but the point is, is that they're protected. But still at the time, uh, it was leading with 62% of the vote with the majority of ballots counted. I believe it ended with 66%. That's crazy. And mm -hmm. it also means that apparently the Catholic church 
lost millions of dollars because they contributed about three million trying to eradicate abortion rights. <laughs> so just a, a it's huge always win all a around. Good day. It's always a good day when the Catholic Church loses money. I actually have a lot to say about this because um, we, at my my job, Alliance for Youth Action, shameless plug. Um, we have a, a youth organizing partner that um, is located in Kansas. They're called Loud Light, and they went they went crazy for this primary. So if you're going to support anybody in Kansas, support Loud Light. They're a group of youth organizers in Kansas doing the absolute most. And this was amazing because Kansas was like the first state to have an election after Roe v. Wade. So they're really like setting the precedent for yeah. how we as a country will potentially be able to vote um, on abortion rights. And another thing, Kansas is rural as hell. And so with this um, no ballot measure getting 66% of the votes, that means actually a majority of Republicans voted to protect abortion rights um, in that state. So that's, that's kind of promising, I think. That is cool. I mean, it that aligns with tone. the majority of the country who also is in exactly. favor of protecting abortion rights. Exactly. So, I think it sets the tone for uh, for future um, ballot measures in other states. It also is good because it just serves as a reminder that like when you leave it to the people to do their thing and vote, mm -hmm. like look what happens when you leave it to yeah. nine people, six of which are conservative on a Supreme Court, look what happens. Right. Nine so, people that don't represent the U.S. really at all. Yeah. <laughs> so very good news all around and shout out to Loud Light miracle Thank workers you. uh so this next story is not to catch up it happened today it's hot off the presses so <laughs> last night <laughs> this is so funny <laughs> 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 okay. okay, sorry, go, okay. Go, go. Um, the FBI raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago home <laughs> <laughs> because they were executing a search warrant. Um, because as we know, and I think we've talked about in the past, there's an ongoing investigation. There's multiple investigations against Trump, but one of them is his mishandling of presidential documents. Um, during his presidency, because allegedly, actually, I don't even know if I have to say allegedly, because there's evidence enough for a raid to be conducted. Uh, he ripped White House documents up, took them to his home in Florida, even after he was ousted as president, all things you're not supposed to do in accordance with, I think it's called the Official Records Act or something. Um, so that is why the FBI uh, raided his home. Actually, I should stop using the word raid, because that's the word he's using, they executed a search warrant. You know, it wasn't like they brought a battering ram. Uh, and speaking of the word he's using, he did, uh, Trump issued a statement, of course. Um, he said, because he was at uh, Trump Tower in New York at the time. And he, he said, this statement. my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. And apparently he also said they broke into his safe. <laughs> I saw a tweet earlier that was like Baron Trump at home by himself. And they were like, it was like, he doesn't even look up from his Xbox and he goes to the safe <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is funny, but also on a serious note, it's actually a really big deal because one, this has never happened before. Like the FBI has never executed a search warrant on a president, former otherwise. 
And it's a step in the right direction for what I honestly, I think legislators, lawmakers, and the FBI to this point have gone way, way too easy on Trump. He should have been convicted by now. Um, Of course, New York state is also investigating him for tax fraud. Where is that going? Like, why is that taking so long? I just don't like in general how the legislative process um, and just the system of law in this country is generally slow uh, because Mm -hmm. this man needs to be stopped from being allowed to run again in 2024 because he has made it clear that he will and his supporters have made it clear that they will vote for him. Uh, I feel like that's maybe why they're like picking up now is because like they're like oh shit that's coming up (laughs) and like I and here's another thing too I don't know if I mentioned this to you one of my coworkers right before we came on this trip together did um probably one of the first in-person like White House tours recently like I think they went on Friday and this coworker was saying how like they looked around and they were like there's like photos and like representation from presidents past like the Bushes, the Obamas, and he was like, even Nixon, like Democrats and Republicans alike represented completely throughout the White House. And he said, I didn't see a single thing that said Trump. I didn't see a single photo of Trump or Melania. He's like, they have like scrapped everything in relation to the Trump family from the White House. And like, they have freaking Nixon on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump is nowhere to be found in the White House right now. I love that. Yeah, so they really need They're to take it in the gear because the thing that I think people are overlooking too is that even if the RNC does not give him the presidential nomination in 2024, if he were to run, I genuinely think that he would pose a very significant threat if he ran as an independent. So yeah. we just don't want him to be able to be president. And literally, like, I'm pretty sure even a, a fine that's charged to him could disqualify him from being president. So even if the feds want to be like, look, you, we're slapping you with a $1 million fine for the mishandling of White House documents and violating the Records Act, I'm pretty sure that would keep him from being eligible to be president. It's just like something, please. The man has yeah. gotten away with shit his whole Literally life. Literally gotten away with so much <laughs> shit. And now that he's probably at the end of his life, I feel like it's time. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm hoping this leads to more action. We shall see, but this is a pretty big deal, and I don't think they would do this if they weren't on to something. So, fingies crossed. Fingies crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of people who get away with things, Alex Jones oh. has gotten away oh. with shit his whole fucking life. If you don't know who Alex Jones is, he's the absolute batshit, maniacal, insane conservative radio host of InfoWars. But... Shit's caught up to him because he has not gotten away with his Sandy Hook lies. For years, he's been claiming the Sandy Hook elementary school massacre was a hoax, faked by the Democrats, blah, 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 you name it. All this like hideous, disgusting things he said. Uh, And one of the families of a first grader that was killed in the shooting sued him. And finally, on Friday, a Texas jury ordered him to pay $49.3 million in damages um i love that <laughs> it just I makes also me happy i love that i love it i love it i love it and also it spawned the meme have you seen the meme of him looking backwards that picture it's <laughs> no. really funny oh my god google Wait, right now on Twitter. Oh, alex jones meme it is fucking funny it's like a blurry image of him turning around in like shock oh, okay hold on hold on <laughs> It's so funny. 
it's so applicable to many situations wait a lot of these are literally like him crying (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah Honestly, the bastard got what was coming to him. I fucking hate Alex Jones. He's a blank did we talk about society. His text, did we talk about his text messages the last time he recorded? No, I don't think so. What oh, are you talking about? I feel like I, when his lawyers accidentally sent um, the Sandy Hook parents. Oh, lawyers, yes, all yes, yes, yes. Okay, I was you like, did I bring that remember up. us talking about that because that was fucking crazy. Yeah, you brought yeah. that up off the cuff. Yeah, that's nuts. Like the level, I want to believe Actually, no, I don't want to believe that it was just such incompetence. I want to believe that those lawyers were sick of his ass and they were like, oops. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But again, you know, alleged, alleged. Yes, but really relieved that those or that family, I think it's just one family. One family got $49 million. Uh, it'll never bring back their son, but I'm just glad that they were able to suck Alex Jones of his money and he'll right, probably like most definitely of- file for bankruptcy at this point. Yeah, some type of justice yeah for for all that bullshit it's like on top of having to grieve your child that was killed in like an elementary school shooting they have to deal with this motherfucker that's saying it's fake yeah yeah fuck him so he's finished basically um anyway last story let's end on a very positive note so (laughs) there's a story that came out last week of this woman this 99 year old woman named katarina orduña perez in mexico city she wow. died and her final wish was to have a giant statue of a dick <laughs> on top of her grave <laughs> look at the picture <laughs> that's what i'm looking at bro yeah so apparently this was just her wish and the the statue is literally a dick and balls that was unveiled on atop her grave and it's five and a half feet tall which My is jaw is on the floor right about now. the height of ely just for reference oh <laughs> wait you said five and a half feet yes that is taller than me <laughs> significantly taller than me i love that and apparently it weighs 600 pounds oh my god um, how much did that cost them jesus christ I don't, I don't know but it's actually a very long story i read most of it but her grandson said quote she wanted to break the paradigm of everything mexican where things are sometimes hidden because of not having an open mind. She was always very avant-garde, very forward thinking about things. And the article also went on to say how like she would call her members of her family Vergas, which is like slang for cock in Spanish. So she would literally call her family members cock as like a term of endearment. And that's something she did for decades. So I guess this is thematically relevant. This is probably a great way to memorialize her, yeah. I just, I just can't imagine it. being the people like buried in the surrounding plots and like never <laughs> expecting to be buried so close to this giant dick. <laughs> you guys, it's huge. Like it's standing up and it's on top of a tomb. So it's actually kind of like 10 It's foot like a high. very large. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. I, I, I feel like this is going to become a, tourist, a oh, tourism yeah. draw. I want to go. I would love to go. I bet Katarina would love that if we took a selfie next to her let's, tomb let's cock. Take a, let's take a trip to Mexico City. Why not? <laughs> so we're happy for her. R.I.P. Rest yeah, hey, in penis. She... <laughs> you were waiting for, you were sitting on that one. You were waiting yep. to say that shit. Yep. <laughs> you could not wait. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Okay, let's move on to music. 
Okay, you guys, I'm actually really excited to talk about music because I have this really juicy story that I don't know if you know what's going on right now. Dude, if you're referencing the Kennedy Center thing, I was reading the comment you left right before this and my mind was like being blown. It's drama, right? Yeah, it's, it's drama. drama. I've been yeah. waiting. This is one of the things last week I was like, oh, I wish we were recording because I want to talk about this so bad. But now we're going to talk about it. But first, okay. oh. we're going to talk about Beyonce. Um. <laughs> about this album well we'll talk about it a little later too oh wink wink uh <laughs> <laughs> okay so beyonce has of course scored one of 2022's biggest opening weeks i say one of because unfortunately which we did talk about this last time she still for some reason cannot beat harry styles and it honestly blows my mind because the footage of his X Factor audition has like resurfaced and is like going viral on on TikTok right now. Um, and it's like crazy how bad of a video it is, like how bad <laughs> of an audition it was and how actually against what most people think, Nicole Scherzinger basically formed One Direction um, and how like that has led him to be bigger than Beyonce. Like it's honestly hard yeah. for me to believe that Harry Styles still has 2022 and we're in august now still has 2022's biggest release like that's crazy to me so i mean i mean it's not crazy to me just because he's at this like really uh finite intersection where many groups love him like straight women love harry styles gay men gay women bisexual <laughs> men and bisexual <laughs> women love harry styles yeah so a lot of people do like him yeah and myself included uh, <laughs> yeah so i i don't know but it's just crazy though because it's like that's beyonce nice mug by the way thank you yeah you gave it to me <laughs> it's the winnie the pooh mug i know that's why i said nice mug oh thank you okay, okay. moving on but like and this is beyonce which is crazy but anyway i despite that that's like i think also that just goes to show how big of an opening week Harry Styles had because on top of this, Beyonce hasn't been able to beat him, but she still is doing all these things with the first full week uh, release of Renaissance. So all 16 songs from the album have charted on the Hot 100. All of Break them? My, That's crazy. All 16. Break My Soul uh, has officially hit number one. So she kind of did beat Harry Styles in a way because As It Was was number one and now Break My Soul is number one. So that's good. Um, and then also Renaissance is number one on the Billboard Hot 200, which mean, which makes it the biggest debut of 2022 by a woman. So she's still doing stuff, you know, of course, this album is huge. <laughs> also, um, she scored a rare nine by Pitchfork. Pitchfork is notoriously wow. staunchy with their reviews. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, Whoa. you were like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that's not to say she's not having a great week because she really is. But it again, still just speaks to like the volume at which Harry Styles had has still yeah. continues to have because as it was, which was released earlier this year, actually officially hit uh, is now in the billions club on Spotify has hit Already? over a billion streams. Yes. Oh, wow. Isn't that insane? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what? And also that song isn't even as good as some of the other ones. So I'm like, what are you <laughs> doing? Anyway. 
so that happened okay now we can get to the juicy drama that i've been dying to talk about <clears throat> okay <laughs> netflix is suing the creators of the unofficial bridgerton musical over their recent kennedy center performance and like zach said i have a lot to break down there's a lot to this story so <laughs> let me just get right into it Hold on, let me expand my screen so i can actually read the comment that i wrote <laughs> okay. okay it is long it's long but it's so many parts to the story yeah. okay so Netflix is suing Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear, and they go by Barlow and Bear, for blatant infringement of intellectual property. So here's what happened. Back in 2020, when uh, Bridgerton first came out, the two of them basically released their first like tease of what this would be when they made a TikTok that was like, oh, what if Bridgerton was a musical? And then they started singing one of the songs that they wrote, and it immediately went viral. People were going crazy over it, of course. So then they started writing more songs, sharing more music, and it officially became this like album called the unofficial Bridgerton musical. And at the time, Netflix was like, oh my God, this is so fucking dope. And I will say, for being like a corporate entity that makes like intellectual property, usually I feel like people are really, really stingy about like how other people use intellectual property. Oh, yeah. Netflix is super, super chill. They love when fans like take their stuff and make more stuff. And I have a really good example of this actually in one of my PR classes, we were learning about what a cease and desist is. And one of my teachers brought in an example of um, Netflix sending a like small town bar a cease and desist for doing a Stranger Things pop up. Oh, I remember and that. It was actually like the whole letter they sent them was like themed and like the paper was cool. And like the language they used was like themed to Stranger Things. And they were like, hey, we love that you love our show. You can't really do this legally, but we're going to let you finish the run of the pop up. Just don't do it again. And like, that's how they are. They love when people take their stuff and like make other stuff with it. And so they like actually praised these two women for writing this musical. They were like, that is super sick. And they even got like Shonda Rhimes gave them a shout out. Julia Quinn, who wrote the Bridgerton books, gave them a shout out. Like initially this was huge. This was great. Like everything was fine. And so then after Barlow and Bear released the full album on Spotify, they actually went on to win a Grammy for best musical theater album this year for the unofficial Bridgerton musical. That's and crazy. still Netflix was like, so happy for you. But they were kind of like, hey, just so you know, like you, you, this isn't authorized by us. So you can't start selling it. You know, you can't do this for profit. So they yeah. were told they can't do like live performances where they sell tickets and make money. And they were told that they can't like make merch and do all use Bridgerton um, branding on any of their stuff because they're not affiliated with Netflix. And the girls were like, yeah, totally fine. We don't want to actually like, we don't want to get sued and we don't want to only be known as the Bridgerton girls. This was just like a project that they worked on and it was fun or whatever. So then once, I don't know, I, I truly don't know why they thought this was a good idea. <laughs> Barlow and Bear hosted a live performance of the unofficial Bridgerton musical at the Kennedy Center in D alongside the National Symphony Orchestra and Netflix told them multiple times you cannot do this if you do this we will sue you and they even offered to give them licensing so they can continue to do things with the Bridgerton musical and they offered them resources they offered them licensing they were like if you partner with us you can do so much more and they declined a license and then still went on to do this live performance I don't know why they would decline that because I'm assuming they were either. offered money too I genuinely mm -hmm. don't know and so now they're being sued and honestly honestly you will never catch me saying this I'm team Netflix these Ooh. girls clearly took their shit and didn't like They've offered them so many times, like a way to avoid doing this, and they still got sued. 
And so honestly, I'm like, yeah, this is intellectual property. Like you can't fuck with that shit. And they did. And it's like Netflix was on their side until they weren't. So I genuinely don't feel bad for them. Um, and then I wanted to read really quick Shonda Rhimes and Julia Quinn both issued statements on the lawsuit. Shonda Rhimes said, what started as a fun celebration by Barlow and Bear on social media has turned into the blatant taking of intellectual property solely for Barlow and Bear's financial benefit. You know Shonda Rhimes is pissed. Oh. <laughs> she really did that. She Bridgerton is like her shining star, right? Next to Grey's Anatomy. But we already know how that's run ran itself into the ground. But um, <laughs> And then Julia Quinn said, I would hope that Barlow and Bear, who share my position as independent creative professionals, understand the need to protect other professionals' intellectual property, including the characters and stories I created in the Bridgerton novels over 20 years ago. So it seems like both Shonda Rhimes and Julia Quinn are pretty upset by this. But honestly, these girls have left them with no choice. Lawsuit time. Um, and of course, Barlow and Bear have not commented on it. I feel like their legal ad advisors are probably telling them not to comment on it. Yeah. But who I don't know. I live for this drama. Yeah. And also let's be clear, like with the whole like Netflix's chill with those sorts of like uh unlicensed uh riffs on their intellectual property is because it doesn't cost them anything. And in fact, it's almost like free PR in a right. sense. So it's right. only when you start trying to make money off of it, that's when they really give a shit, as we could see. Well, yeah, but I mean, think about it if it was the other way, if these two girls were like, had actually created this on their own, and then like a big company stole it, it would be the same situation, they would sue well, yeah. them for intellectual property. So property infringement. So yeah, I just feel like it's, it was, I think as, as big of a company as Netflix was the fact that they extended them the courtesy to offer them licensing, offer them guidance and offer them like, more of a platform to continue using like the Bridgerton name to do more stuff and they declined it and then went on to do a live performance. Big That's just yike. stupid. Yeah. That's just stupid. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> Very stupid indeed. Yeah. So I don't really know what the mentality was behind that, but that's happening. We'll see. They'll probably just reach a settlement and it'll end quietly, but yeah. Right now it's it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I had for music. Okay, well, speaking of hot and stupid, this is Ooh. a hot story and a stupid decision for entertainment. We're going to open it up with something that also happened last week that we would have covered if we weren't on break. But the, okay, so there's like lots of layers to this. I'm going to try and break it down as best I can. So Warner Brothers was purchased by Discovery uh, sometime last year. And now it's actually going into effect. So David Zaslav is the new CEO and he's making a whole bunch of decisions, including just completely canceling the film Batgirl. It was supposed to premiere on HBO Max exclusively, um, probably sometime this year, if not next year. And in fact, filming was complete. Like they were in post-production. Filming was complete for this film starring Leslie Grace as Batgirl. She was in, in the Heights um, and other people like JK Simmons. Anyway, so the budget was initially $75 million for this film, but it got, it grew to about 90 because of COVID delays and whatnot. So they spent a pretty, a pretty penny on this movie with the hopes of bolstering HBO, HBO Max subscribers. But then when David Zaslav came in, he looked at this and was like, you know what? 
This is not the direction we want to take the DC films in. Now it's confusing because there's so many different accounts and allegations about why exactly this decision was made. So the official word from Warner Brothers is that it had, quote, nothing to do with the quality of the film or the commitment of the filmmakers, but that they have a new desire for the studio slate of DC features to be, quote, like blockbuster levels, like theatrical only, basically. However, people from behind the scenes are saying that the film actually was looking pretty trash and that the test screenings that they had were bad. And then you have other people saying that this is like very much a financial tax write-off situation because if they don't release the film at all, so like if they don't try and make any money off of it whatsoever, they can treat it as a tax write-off and recoup a lot of the costs associated with the film. So it's very confusing. I personally think, I, I think that David Zaslav does want to like try and shift the DC films focus to like on the level that Marvel's at. Mm -hmm. But I just don't understand like that desire is so strong that you're not going to release a film that's basically complete is very strange to me. And it also implicates like it, it ruins a lot of relationships that were made with this film. Like, do you think Leslie Grace is ever going to want to star in a Warner Brothers project again or be in it? Do you think her agent is ever going to touch that or anyone in the film for that matter? The directors um, who worked right. on episodes of Miss Marvel and they did. Um, yeah. What else did they do? It's slipping my brain. But anyway, like, do you think they're going to ever want to touch? the studio again bad boys for life that's what they did the film they did before this mm. um so they're ruining a bunch of relationships even like um below the michael line keaton talent. in this movie that's some more tea so like it's very confusing because of course there was a schedule shakeup with dc2 so apparently the flash has to come out first because michael keaton's batman is in we'll get to that <laughs> we will get to that michael mm. keaton's batman apparently is introduced in that film and then he appears in this film too so i'm sure michael keaton is pissed i'm curious if everyone's still getting paid i'm guessing they are because they work oh, already I'm sure yeah um but there's no like back-end deals in play obviously so this is just like a cluster and on top of that it really is not a good look when that's like the only uh woman-led film that dc has in the can right now it's latina led and meanwhile the flash which so this was last tuesday and then warner brothers discovery had their quarterly earnings call on thursday which i'll get to in a second there's more info and david zaslov specifically said that the flash will still be coming out apparently <laughs> despite ezra miller's abhorrent behavior which we will also get to later because there's been some more of that so it's just not a good look it's not a good look when like the Latina led no. superhero film was canceled when it was done and also, the flash wasn't. I heard that the test screenings were, they got similar responses that they did to black Adam, which obviously is still coming out. And so I feel like it might also just be a, a let's shit on women thing. Maybe. I mean, like I but, said, yeah, I, I feel like that's hard to, that's, that's hard to be, uh, to be credible. So I'm not going to hold, hold, hold on to that, but. It's yeah like, still sus i just think this would have made more sense like if david zaslov really like if if what he's saying is true it would have made more sense to me if the film was not done yet 
but like you never do this this is unprecedented a film that's been shot hasn't just been like canceled especially a major studio film and no one's ever going to see it unless it gets like somehow leaked or something but um it's just crazy that that happened and then like i said two days later there was more commentary on it because of that earnings call and excuse me this is when we also learned that HBO Max is not long for this world because it and Discovery Plus are merging into one new service that starts next summer. So it'll be named something completely new. So HBO Max will be gone and Discovery Plus will be gone and there'll be one new thing. And on top, wait, hold on. Let me me make sure I'm not infringing on the rest of you. On top of that, haven't they also been like removing bad performing movies from the streaming service too and they can yes. still write those movies off too i'm pretty sure yes i feel that like was, they're they're scrambling yeah that was also a very weird decision thank you for bringing that up because yeah a smattering of hbo max original films so this is this is similar if like disney plus original films netflix original films like films that were produced for the streaming service and were only on the streaming service yeah. So you could say that they were made specifically for the purposes of that audience and no other audience. Some of those films have been removed silently from HBO Max. And you literally like, apparently you can't watch them. I think some of them you can rent on like iTunes or something, but they're <laughs> just gone. So it was like um, that movie, I think it was called Locked In with Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Um Moonshot, which was a recent mm-hmm. one. It's only been out for a couple of months. Yeah, with uh, American Kandor Pickle. And, yeah. Um, uh, what was the other one? The remake of The Witches. Like some pretty big films that were made for that service are just gone. So I don't get I think I think David Zaslov came in and he it's just like scorched earth to him. He has this completely new vision. And this is what happens when you give someone like that much power, when someone does have that much power. It's just yeah. weird to see someone in entertainment doing this so quickly and, and swiftly and without with like reckless abandon, so to speak. Um, and it, it's just, a, it's just a cluster. I think it's crazy and really fascinating, but uh, yeah, next year we'll have a, a new service added to the list of streaming services. And also he wants to remove the 45 day window that was kind of created by the pandemic. So Apparently, he was not a fan of what happened last year on HBO Max, where every single one of Warner Brothers films debuted on the same day in theaters and on HBO Max, which I enjoyed. You know, it was like, oh, shit. Okay, these bad movies, if I'm curious to watch them. (laughs) Some of them are good. Some of them I like. I like James Gunn's Suicide Squad, but um, he's not a fan of that. And now this year so far, Warner Brothers films have been in theaters and then 45 days later, they go to HBO Max, kind of like Disney Plus has been doing. And he's Mm -hmm. like, "Mm -mm, we're not doing that anymore either. So none of that. And it's already started because Elvis, it would have hit the, it would have hit HBO Max around this time. And now it's not not, even coming to HBO Max at all anymore. Not at all. And now it's like, it's kind of what Universal is doing where it's like a $20 rental, that sort of thing. So he's just changing everything. And it's really shaking up the entertainment industry right now. We'll see what happens next. And then the last um, piece to this puzzle, of course, I told you we'd be getting back to Ezra Miller. So this came out (laughs) today. Ezra Miller has gotten in more trouble. And I think it's funny that you left a comment. You said like from Hawaii to Vermont, literally opposite ends of this country. This person cannot just stay in one place and not cause terror. 
Yeah. So I'm just going to read what happened. So according to a police report, Vermont State Police were notified of a burglary complaint from a residence in Stanford at 5.55 p.m. on May 1st. So I don't know why we're just hearing about this now. Um, but anyway, maybe the charges were just brought up. This is what I'm saying. Our legal system, too goddamn slow. Very um, confusing. Police found that several bottles of alcohol were taken from the residence while the homeowners were not present. And after collecting statements and looking at surveillance videos, police found probable cause to charge Ezra Miller with felony burglary into an unoccupied dwelling. And the T is that, so this is uh, Rolling Stone did an investigation like a month or so ago. And they found that Ezra Miller has been housing a 25 year old mother and her three kids or between the ages of one and five at his, or sorry, at their ranch in, which is also in Stanford. And the property doubles as an unlicensed cannabis farm and has several firearms on the premises, according to the report. And one source that spoke to Rolling Stone alleged that the one-year-old child was found with a loose bullet in their mouth, like playing what? with it. Yeah, uh, all very crazy stuff. And a reminder, the flash is, According to David Zaslav, still very much coming out. Is that movie done? Like, have they finished? Have they finished filming it's, it? It's done. It's in post. It's like basically done. Oh my god. Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel very, 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 very bad for them. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> I would be pissed. I would even probably sue Ezra Miller if I were the studio to try and recoup some of the money because this is not going to make. This is going to flop when no, it's theaters. No, it's going to be I awful. Think. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be like so you, bad. One, the movie's already gonna be bad. You already know the movie's gonna be trash. And two, <laughs> I mean, we don't know that, but <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I just feel bad for like the other people involved. Like Sasha Kaye is playing um, Supergirl, like our first iteration of Supergirl on screen, and she's a Latina. Like she's gonna be in this movie that's gonna suffer for no fault of her own and that sucks which makes same it with like the worse. filmmaker it makes it even worse then because this is that it makes it even worse that this is all happening and then they cancel batgirl yeah Ugh. like i get why they they can't they can't just cancel the flash because i'm sure it costs much more money than batgirl did but at the same time it's like you can't market like how are they going to market this movie you can't you can't have ezra do any interviews you can't have Ezra probably do red carpet because no. he's just going to be, or I keep saying he, I'm so sorry. They're just going to be asked about. They're going to be in prison. If, I mean, <laughs> see, that's what I think will get them to cancel it is if they're convicted, there has to be a conviction for them oh, to like be God. adequately canceled. And I think that's, what's going to get Warner brothers to be like, you know what? I don't think we could do this, <laughs> but we'll this see. This is just awful. Yeah. This just keeps getting worse and worse. And the fact that it was already so bad and now it's just like still things keep coming out. Like when will I like I put I said when will it end? When <laughs> when will it end? <laughs> I don't know. It's like just when you thought, okay, the Ezra Miller shit's been quiet. Maybe they're settling down. Nope. Nope. And it's like the most random <laughs> shit. Why are you stealing booze from somebody's house? Well, just apparently, go buy booze. They, You're I feel a small part of me feels bad for them because the word on the street is that they lost like a lover slash dear, dear friend to them. Like they died. And that's what oh. sent them on this like 
path of destruction, essentially across Hawaii and now Vermont. So it seems like they're just very mentally ill and they need help. And I wish that like, like if Warner Brothers pay for their help, help. like send them somewhere. This is your employee. Like you still have, I mean, there's still time. Like if they, if they pulled out all the stops and really cared about Ezra Miller and paid for them to go to some sort of rehabilitation, this film is not scheduled to come out for like another 10 months. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they could, they could create, turn it around. They could create a redemption story. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised they haven't done that already. I know. Or at like, least like there's no like behind the scenes gossip that they are trying, you know? Yeah. I mean, they can't force them to go, right. but but the fact that nobody's like, oh, Warner Brothers is trying and they're not complying, that's a different story. Yeah. It's just crazy. This is just they're letting Ezra <laughs> Miller run rampage across the country and they're just like, Yeah, the flash is still happening though. <laughs> yeah. And it's a shame because I think in films past they've been so talented um in terms of I performance. Know. I know. So I love Ezra Miller. Yeah, who knows? Let's just move on. <laughs> So another hot off the presses story that came in literally half an hour before we started recording. Wow. Apparently, for some fucking reason, NBC has decided that they will be airing the Golden Globes again, starting with next year's ceremony. So they took one year off because the controversy and they're like, you know, we're good. Like, we did not need this. We did not need this. We were perfectly content without this, first of all. Second of all, this isn't the VMAs. Nothing truly influential happens at the Golden Globes anyway that we all need to be well, watching. That's the thing. This doesn't make any sense to me. They might think otherwise, but the only reason why most people tuned into the Golden Globes was because celebrities were just piped with booze and they would do stupid shit. Like some of my favorite reaction images of all time are from the Globes, like celebrities getting drunk and making like Brendan Fraser doing his clapping thing. Chrissy (laughs) Teigen's famous cringe face. Like all that is from the Golden Globes. Right. They just get Um, the the drunk Oscars. They all just get super wasted and they're all sitting. The best part is that they're all sitting so close to each other at dinner tables. Yeah, like them trying to maneuver around each other it's so cringy and it's just like this is chaotic as fuck. yeah so that's the whole reason why they get viewership but does NBC not realize what celebrity that cares about their image is going to go to the ceremony after the Golden Globes has been effectively like canceled because of yeah. all their issues like who's going to show up and then like who's going to watch it because who's going to be there like Mel Gibson, Who who's going to show up? Like, not Mel Gibson. <laughs> it just makes I don't no know. Sense. I don't know what they're going to do, man. Definitely a shame. I just, I saw that and I was like, what? It's just so stupid. Anyway, oh, yeah, speaking yeah. of stupid, I have one more little thing. Uh, <laughs> so Chris Pratt was recently in this Amazon series called The Terminal List, which is like oh, a Navy God. thriller. Come on. And it didn't get very good reviews. Like critics were basically Whoa, like, this gee, is bland. I wonder why. It's not great. Yeah. It sounds like garbage. But <laughs> the Nielsen chart. So Nielsen, of course, they, for decades, they did like uh, cable TV ratings. And oh, they've yeah, moved yeah, into yeah. streaming numbers now. So oh. for some reason, they're about a month behind but you can go into Nielsen's site and a a month ago they do it by week you can see like the top 10 um 
most viewed shows per streaming on streaming services and um, movies. So you can see all that and it'll show you like the, the minutes viewed by everyone. Mm-hmm. And so the show came out about a month ago and now we're getting those numbers and yeah. it was up there. I think it was number two, second to only stranger things. And it had 1.6 billion minutes streamed in that first week. And of course this is because Chris Pratt is becoming this new oh. like conservative icon and i'm sure conservatives turned out in droves for that shit yeah like it's the same reason why yellowstone is a big thing it's because it's like one of the few things on television that conservatives watch um (laughs) so anyway the daily mail which is this like ludicrous right-leaning site they came out yeah they came out with this headline said the new yellowstone chris pratt's new navy thriller the terminal list defies woke critics scathing reviews to shoot up ratings chart with 1.6 billion minutes of streams and chris pratt screenshot this and put it on his instagram story with that whole headline no he didn't yep no screenshot it put it on his instagram story oh no 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 I hate oh. him. <laughs> Kevin Feige is probably telling people editing Guardians of the Galaxy to put in the scene where Chris Pratt dies. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, get him out. Dude, the tweets the for this <laughs> were so funny. Speaking of that Alex Jones meme, someone used that and they were like, Chris Pratt, when he hears there's an animated Italian character that needs to be cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the the tweet i pulled for this outline someone just said chris pratt shares stuff like this and wonders why people don't like him literally though what are you doing dude (laughs) oh my god (laughs) it's it's just so weird that like in less than a decade we've gone from like um, Fat Pratt, as you call him, who was in Parks and Rec, and he was Emmett in the Lego Movie. To Everyone now, like, loved him. He was Buff such a Pratt, big... Buff oh, Conservative, married to a Schwarzenegger disgusting. Pratt. Yeah, disgusting. I cannot, but this tweet could not have <laughs> said it better. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to call it out. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to pop culture. Yeah, let's. I'm like looking <laughs> at this shit like. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh anyway um i i'm not gonna go super into detail about this because i don't really care that much um <laughs> but i feel like i have to like serve the people that listen to this podcast to get the like tea that they wouldn't have you know gotten otherwise um we're at the end of an era y'all kim and Pete are no more they broke up <laughs> Don't ask me why. Don't ask me how. I actually, I kind of do know why. I thought I did why. I know I just said two seconds ago I wasn't going to talk about it because I didn't care. But basically, they can't. Pete's in Australia filming. Kim is over here posting pictures of her wearing Kanye's clothes. It's like mm-hmm. they can't maintain a relationship like this. Um, but also, they were corny as fuck. You cannot tell me y'all y'all really fucking thought that that was it. Like, no, it's a no also, for me. They had funny, zero chemistry. It's funny you say you don't care because uh, didn't you post on your Instagram story a couple days ago? You were listening to Pete Davidson and you said hashtag uh, R.I.P. Keith. Ariana Grande. Okay, I but did you that did that ironically. because you. Oh, it was that, ironic. ironically. 
because okay. I saw TikTok and it was like, oh, Kim in the studio recording. <laughs> Thank you. <next." laughs> and it was playing the Pete Davidson song. And if I actually love that song because it's like, it's just such a vibe. It's, it's just like an <laughs> interlude. So it's only like a minute long. But I'd be like, ooh, ooh. I fucking love that song. So then I heard it in the TikTok and I was like, damn, this shit slaps. And then I started playing it and I was like, oh my God, I should put this on my story and put R.I.P. <laughs> so yeah, that was ironically, but okay. I do listen to Pete Davidson unironically because I just like that song. And I also think it's so fucking funny that it's not funny. It's actually kind of sad. <laughs> um, that Ariana Grande wrote that song with lyrics that are the lyrics are like oh I thought you into my life like look at my mind and she goes universe must have my back fall from the sky into my lap now you know they know that you're my soulmate and all that and it's like listening to that now you're like bitch you thought <laughs> like, oh my god but if that song still pops off I'll be like ooh, <laughs> you might as well sing the whole so, thing for us at this point if it's only a minute okay long. that is literally the whole thing it's that what i just sang so yeah i love that song but you know whatever r.i.p kim and p had no chemistry you can't tell me that she actually liked him so whatever so sad sorry p davidson okay in <laughs> like slightly more positive news um john legend and chrissy Teigen are expecting another baby after they had she had a stillbirth two years ago with their son jack I just want to talk about this because I feel like, I mean, I think a majority of the country doesn't like Chrissy Teigen, but I think <laughs> I, I I will say I've had a little bit of happiness in my heart for them. And I really just wish them the best because they, they have just gone through it with fertility issues. Um, and especially losing their third baby. That was just like really sad. Like reading Chrissy's blog post about it had me in tears. So I really wish I just, you know, I hope, I hope I hope for the best for this fourth child. Yes. Happy for them. <laughs> As we say. Sorry, I really want to talk about this next story because I think it's so wild. Okay. So I I don't know. I just felt really compelled to bring this up because I feel like Doja <laughs> Cat is so unhinged at this point. She shaved her head and eyebrows on Instagram Live. And that's it. That's the tweet. Um Wait, and I'm so, going to look up and see if I can find a screen grab of it because I actually haven't seen. Oh, just click on the article, babe. Oh, okay, really? If you scroll down, they they embedded a YouTube video and they have oh, lots work. of screenshots from the Instagram Live. Oh my God, and, wait, I yeah, can't there's wait. there's tons of resources from BuzzFeed here. <laughs> okay, she doesn't, she doesn't look bad, actually. Oh, no, she yeah. doesn't look bad at all, but I just think it's hilarious that she just went off on Instagram Live and yeah. shaved her head and then she said, quote, my makeup artist just texted me, are you shaving your brows off? I'm driving the fuck over. And then she started uh, laughing and continued to prep her brows and said, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and shaved her eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I'm happy. You know, I feel like everybody has to, you know, go, in, go into like a bald era. So if yeah, this I mean, is Doja Cat's bald era, right. She looks she good. Looks really good. Yeah. She's kind of turning it out. I was not she expecting that. got me thinking that. like, do I need to shave my head? <laughs> My bald era. I'm ready. Also, um, the fact that she's using a tricks me tell mirror in this. I know. I think that's, that's cute. So funny. <laughs> Super cute. Um. Okay. Sorry. Moving along. Um. 
we talked about this when it was announced and now it's happened. Chloe yeah. Kardashian and Tristan Thompson have officially welcomed their second child via surrogate. I believe it's a boy, which good for her because I know they were talking about on the TV show that Chloe really wanted a son. So I hope it was worth it, Chloe. That's all I got to say. Hopefully he isn't <laughs> as trash as his father. Yeah, I I hope it was worth it, girlfriend, because <laughs> damn, that man has dragged her through the mud. Do we have a name yeah. yet? Is it confirmed that his name is false? Okay, bye. <laughs> I don't know what the what the child's name is. I feel like we won't know that for a while. I think she's going to keep this one pretty pretty oh, I, under lock and key. I really want it to be false. Could you imagine how fucking funny that would be? They True would and not false. name their child. <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. Imagine being named False Thompson. Okay, I would literally at age eighteen, I would head to the courts. The shit, <laughs> the shit that the Kardashian Jenners have named their kids. I don't think that's out of the question. False. Wolf, Wolf, Webster. Okay, they, but but like they changed. They recognized <laughs> that that was trash, and they changed it. Mm. We shall see. <laughs> I'll start a petition for false. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, sorry that I'm ending on this, but I feel like I need to also give context as to why this was such a shock to me. I'm like on this retreat. So I'm like secluded from the outside world unless I like check my phone on during break. And that's what I did yesterday evening. And I was like, oh, Olivia Newton, John passed away yesterday. Yeah. And I was shocked. And my coworker was like, oh yeah, you didn't know that. I was like, oh, uh, what? So I guess she had breast cancer and we were talking about it and you were like, oh my God, she was super young. She wasn't really that young, but I feel like this is still someone who like, I don't know, was iconic for our parents probably. And so then like yeah. naturally, we just kind of like always grew up around her stuff. I will passionately talk about how much I hate Greece, but <laughs> Olivia Newton-John really did that. She popped off. Well, it's interesting because so Nick and I were recording the newest episode of our Glee podcast on Sunday night. And I like, I forgot how it came up. Oh, it came up because we were talking about episode three and Josh Groban makes an appearance. And then I mentioned how he comes back later in the season when he's guest judging for regionals and Olivia Newton-John is also oh, guest judging. Right. And I was like, she oh is God. so iconic. And she has that iconic line right. because Sue is like, uh, she says, kiss my ass, Josh Groban. I'm an internationally renowned cheerleading coach. And Olivia Newton-John goes, who's from Ohio? After this is over, Josh and I will be flying back to LA first class. <laughs> like that's iconic. And, and of course she did the earlier episode too, where she did that physical number with Sue. So yeah, it was yes. weird that we were talking about her. And then the next day I learned that she's died I was like, right. What? And I was just like in a shop or something. Oh, I was shopping for the Harry Styles concert with my friends in DC, we were into like Zara and H&M and one of the stores was playing physical and we all walked down and started singing, let's get physical, physical. And I was like, was that just playing somewhere? And then we were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just playing in the store. Like, it was mm -hmm. like, I just, I always, I love that song. And I actually, fun fact, I used to have a Care Bear that was like workout themed. And when you like push <laughs> the paw, it would start singing, let's get physical. <laughs> really? That's <Yes>. cute. <laughs> So yeah, Olivia Newton-John is an icon and it's like sad to like, it just, it feels so crazy yeah. that now she's no longer walks this earth, but she really left a legacy. Yes. Well, is it time for a media moment? I believe it is. It's time 
for the media moment. Okay, you are going first this week. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, I don't have like that much to say about this this album because I feel like a lot has been said. But my media moment is Renaissance by Beyonce. <laughs> At first listen, I I mean, I would say even still after first listen, I feel like Beyonce has released better content just in my opinion and I feel like this album wasn't necessarily like surprising or like shocking to any of us oh I think it was see to me it was like yeah like I don't know I just I mean it was like different but I feel like I feel like like it just feels like stuff yeah like of course Beyonce can do that I don't know um (laughs) do you like it that's the question I do no I do like it and honestly I will say I'll say this when I was listening to it, I was kind of just like multitasking. Like I had it on in the background while I was doing other stuff. And I like had to stop and be like, whoa, because the transitions on this album are insane. Like next level, amazing. And I will say, I think Beyonce and her team have really also handled a lot of the like negative feedback that has come back after this album dropped and how quickly they've made changes um, and like handled some things. Um, but yeah, and I and I think it's it's also kind of growing on me now. Um, like at first I was like, okay, yeah, that was good, but now that I'm like also in shared space with all of my colleagues who are like absolutely <laughs> obsessed with this album, it's like really growing on me because I've been listening to it nonstop like all week. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, Beyonce, yeah, is my media moment because it, it's really defined my content consumption for the week. It's <laughs> all been Beyonce. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I kind of mirror your sentiments when my first listen. So I was like on like midnight Thursday. I was you really on deck, were. You were ready on to it. listen to this yeah. thing. Uh, and then I saw, first of all, I saw that it was an hour long. I was like, oh, that is long. Um, and then I started listening to it and I was like, huh, this is bizarre. Like, <laughs> like track two after Alien Superstar finished, I was like, this is bizarre. And I was not expecting this from Beyonce. And then when I got to the end, I was like, okay, I think I liked it because I was like bobbing and and grooving, but it just was not what I expected from her at all. And I thought that it was like a seven out of 10 for me. And that was like the end of it. But then like the next day, like hooks would pop up into my head and I'd be like, oh, I want to listen to that again. And oh, I want to listen to this song again. And I've been listening to it a lot over the last week and I've, I've really been like, okay, this album is, is pretty great. And also it, it just like, it's so well produced. Like it sounds so good and it's so like interesting to listen to and new mm-hmm. things keep popping up here and there within songs. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I, I like it. It's, it's, it's great. I really love move cozy mm, okay. and uh pure honey oh see i'm liking cozy for sure um i will say like alien um superstar also mm. kind of got me and i was like whoa that was kind of whack and like weird and not <laughs> beyonce but the more that i hear it on tiktok the more i'm like yeah that line slaps or like yeah that hook like she really did that and also my coworkers, we added the song church girl to oh, our yeah, church girl's um, good to our staff playlist and so now i'm like really bopping with that one too because it's really good yeah see that's the thing like see tracks like 
hooks will just pop into your head and you're like oh, right shit. and like, i feel like that's i feel like that's why all 16 tracks are on the hot 100 especially i mean like of course beyonce yeah. is gonna do that because beyonce but like really i feel like each song has its own thing that makes you be like oh i want to hear that again or like oh that just came into my head yeah yeah i don't know it's it also got me like wanting to watch um homecoming again because i feel like that was also just a cultural just shift basking the, fact, the talent like, of beyonce yeah like my coworkers and i were talking about it today and i was like the fact that we have that available just to watch <laughs> whenever we want is truly a gift from the queen herself yeah and now the lingering question is what are these what are, upcoming parts too yeah i'm like what's next is that coming soon is it going to be like a year from another now? two years i don't know we'll see but maybe that'll be like a whole like ballad album since this was just full on house Ooh. dance maybe Who knows? maybe it's a tour maybe i almost don't want it to be though because then it's like i'm not gonna be able to afford to go so <laughs> i already know well we'll see all we gotta do is wait anyway yeah. my media moments so up until last night i was going to talk about prey the new film oh. the predator franchise that dropped on hulu yeah and by the way i learned that because people were like why is this on hulu and not theaters i learned that because it's it's a uh, old fox property now it's called 20th century studios but because it's oh, an okay. old fox property it was linked to a deal that was already made with hbo max for films after theaters to go there so like, for instance, Free Guy was an old Fox film that of course was released by Disney and that was part yeah. of the deal. So I'm pretty sure to this day, it's still not on Disney plus it's on HBO oh, Max because that deal. So Disney knew that, yeah, they could make money from it from theaters, but then it wouldn't be able to be on Hulu or Disney plus. They just put it straight to Hulu, which I think is unfortunate huh. because the film is kick ass. I highly recommend everyone watch it. And also we need more films that are like 90 minutes in and out and they get the job done and they're well-made. So I recommend pray. The only thing I did not like about it is that I wish there was no English in it. The, they actually, I've seen a lot of people saying that you should watch it with the like indigenous language yeah. dub on Hulu, which is an option. See, I, I'm mad because I, so I texted my group chat with Robin and Riley afterwards and I was like, pray is rad. And Robin said, did you watch it with the Comanche dub? And I was like, I didn't even know that was an option. I would have totally listened yeah, to it with the Comanche dub. Silly. Um, but anyway, that was up until last night. And then I went to go see yeah, Bullet Train. sneak in an extra media moment. For yeah. Dub. You like how I did that? I went to go see Bullet Train out of curiosity. And, oh, this movie. I did not like Bullet Train. Oh, you didn't uh, like it. Okay. I did not like it. I thought you were going to say you did like it. I was no, like, I did not like it. Bullet Train, and as I, Bad Bunny says. <laughs> I feel like I don't really talk about things I, I don't like a lot here. So I'm going to take right. the opportunity to do it now. <laughs> so it was an interesting experience because watching it, it, I was like, I was engaged. You know, I was engaged because the plot, the I grew to think of it as a negative, but the plot is so all over the place. You're, and there's all these threads. You just, your brain wants to see where it's going. So you're yeah. like, and everyone's like doing fine in terms of like performance for the most part. And so you're engaged, but then when you get to the end and all those threads really amount to like nothing interesting, then you're <laughs> like, you think back and you're like, wow, that kind of was a waste of my time because everything else I didn't like about it is now amplified because the plot didn't do, do anything for me either. So 
Well, that's annoying. Plus, Joey King is in that movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Joey King's character was written by a man. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, but let me go through my list of problems with this movie. First of all, okay. it was it thought it was so clever. It just thought it was so clever and it thought it was so funny. I didn't chuckle once. Um, it just was so like pleased with itself in terms of like the editing, the writing, the humor. It thought it was like the coolest shit ever. And it oh just wasn't because it's so derivative of like other filmmakers like Tarantino and Guy Ritchie, but like stuff they were doing 20 years ago. And so yeah. it feels very like, not out of date, but just like, tired and the film is so it's it's so violent it's so violent there's lots of guns and swords and blood and it's just really over the top and I'm kind of like I'm kind of getting tired of this new trend with R-rated action movies where they're super violent and then all the characters are like quippy because they want to act like they're in a Marvel movie and they're making jokes while they're shooting people in the head. And like, yeah. I'm kind of getting tired of that. And what made it worse is that Brad Pitt's character, who's more or less a protagonist, his name is Ladybug. At the beginning of the film, he gets his assignment and his handler encourages him to take the gun from the weapons locker, but he doesn't take the gun because he's, he's, he, he likes to try and find the peaceful way out first. So he doesn't take the gun. Okay. And then literally at the end of the movie, when his handler, um, his handler is played by Sandra Bullock. She yeah. is the voice and shows up for one in-person scene at the end. She probably get paid 10 times more than I do in a year to do that. She showed up right. for one day of filming to do that. Um, at the end, they hold back and forth and she's like, should have taken the gun. He's like, yeah, yeah, I should have taken the gun. So basically like one of the through lines of the movie is like guns, good. Take the gun. Don't try to be peaceful. And I was like, what? Ew, I don't um, like that. Yeah. The film also is like, so it's set in Japan. It's set on like a hallmark of Japanese culture, a bullet train. It mm -hmm. uses Japanese iconography out the wazoo. There's a whole car of the train that's like manga anime themed and so this goes back to like the superficial editing choices and whatnot every time a character is introduced with like their cool nickname like bad bunny's called the wolf it pops up on screen in english and then with big japanese characters behind it and it does that shit all the time so it's using all this japanese iconography and culture and there's two japanese characters in the movie one of them shows up briefly at the beginning and then doesn't show up again until the climax and the other one is kind of just like mousy and kind of inconsequential for most of the movie those are your japanese characters for this film that takes place in japan and of course the original novel had all japanese characters and now there's been whitewashing where like it's mainly oh. white people in this movie Jesus and Christ. the non-white people that are in this movie i will say this brian tyree henry is probably the best part of it and he's really funny, but bad bunny is barely in this movie and has barely oh, any lines of, of dialogue. Course. Of course he is that they, you knew they were like, let's put bad bunny in this movie to get all the girlies to come watch it. Yeah. And, like it's the same thing that they did. We talked about it with um, hustlers, how they advertised Cardi B Lizzo out the yeah. wazoo in that movie. And they were in one scene. <laughs> yeah. And on top of it, 
his character is such like a Mexican stereotype, like a stereotypical Mexican gangster. That's it. And his flashback scenes have that like yellow filter on it because we're in Mexico. Oh, please. Yeah. Um, And in terms of casting, the biggest injustice for me, this really pissed me off. So they released character posters for this movie. Mm -hmm. And Karen Fukuhara, who's in this movie, got her Mm -hmm. own character poster. She's a stewardess. And so I had thought- Yeah, I see it. I had thought that- because this movie has a bunch of assassins in it. Maybe she's gets to be an assassin who's like posing as a stewardess or something. Karen Fukuhara, who got her own character poster, who is on the boys, by the way, and she's incredible on the boys. Her character doesn't speak. So she has to do all her acting with her face and through ASL. She's so good on the boys. And I was actually excited to see her in this movie. Literally, her only scene in the movie is that scene in the trailer where she interrupts the fight between Brad Pitt and Aaron Taylor Johnson. You're lying to give him the glass water bottle. That is I'm it. looking at I'm looking at some of their content on IMDb right now to like refresh my memories to who's in this movie, and she is in every single poster. Yes. Why? It it I felt so bad for her. I was like, she's so talented, and here's her like big film role and nothing. It pissed me off. And then lastly, the the one other thing I want to talk about with this film is, like I said, like the way it chooses to tell its story is so all over the place. It kind of reminded me of like Family Guy. So, you know, Family Guy will tell its story and then it'll cut away to like random gags for like a second or something that happened elsewhere and it'll cut back. This film does that all the time. And it's either a flashback or some like random like Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson are bickering about how many people they killed like the day before. And so it cuts to a scene of them killing all those people and like counting as they're killing. It really adds nothing to the story. It takes up time. And the most egregious one in the climax of the movie, like mild spoilers, but like the train is off the rails. We cut to, there's this water bottle that a character has throughout the film. And we cut to like the journey of this water bottle. It literally flashes up on the screen. It says the story of the water bottle. And we see it come out of the vending machine. And we see everything that it's been through through the point of view of the water bottle up until that point during the climax of the movie. Why do we need that? Do you think you're being clever? Because it's not funny. It just takes up time. Oh, God. It bothered me. And throughout the whole movie, they're hammering, running gags and shit into your brain like the amount of times they reference luck because luck is like a big theme of this movie oh one character is really lucky one character is really unlucky and fate drink every time they say fate you're gonna have alcohol poisoning like they're trying to (laughs) they're trying to make this movie so important when it's a movie about assassins on a train trying to kill each other basically and then brian tyree henry as much as i thought he was the best part of this movie he has a running gag about how he views everyone and judges them in terms of Thomas the Tank Engine characters. And they run that shit into the ground. I swear it comes up like 15 so times. Random. And it's not funny or clever. So I did not like this movie. I did not wow. think it was good. In the moment, you know, I was engaged because I wanted to see what would happen, but it was just a right. letdown. No, you know what your comment about it being like, overly violent and like trying to be funny at the same time made me think about Mm -hmm. i feel like when kingsman came out when was that in like 2012 
2014 when was the first came one, out, I think. They did that. And I don't know if you like those movies or not. I'm only I do. the first one. I liked the first one. I thought that was like really fresh, like a fresh new take on action, on like mm-hmm. the Bond style action movie. And so I feel like when that came out, it was really fresh and everybody was like, oh shit, there's like this new format that we can do. And I feel like this movie is trying to do that, but epically failing because they're trying too hard. Well, it's become, it's become tired. Like that was, that was almost a decade ago. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think you could also call it like the Deadpoolization of things. Cause Deadpool (sighs) of course was very violent and at quips and whatnot. Um, I think that's what it is. And if you're going to do it, I just think you have to have this really delicate balance, but so many films are trying to do it these days. And it's just like, it's like annoying, you know, I, you know, this, this movie is, it's like John Wick. If you tried to make it Deadpool and it just doesn't work. It's just trying way too hard and it sucks. Like the John Wick movies are badass because they take themselves somewhat seriously yeah, and they don't like advocate for gun violence all the time. Yeah, I'm like disappointed because from the trailers, I don't know, I was hoping that this movie would be like, would like surprise me or would like surprise us, I guess I haven't seen it and be like, you know, like a punchy, but like still well, like well done action, like classic action movie. So I I do kind of like the type of action movies too that are like one setting, like it's just like very straightforward and it's like mm-hmm. you sit down and you're like oh okay i know what i'm gonna get yeah. i know this is gonna be like an adrenaline rush and it's gonna be fun like kind of like how what you like uh well maybe not i think that movie ambulance is a little bit more complex but that movie with <laughs> chris pine um i think it's called unstoppable or something it was yeah, like about the a train. train yeah i know that wasn't like great but like it was like still fun to watch because it was like you had one thing that happened they get right to the point and it like is action from beginning to end and then it ends and you're like wow like you're like oh okay yeah. like it like does something to you physically that's what you would think that's what i was hoping when i was like oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna go try this and I out feel but, like their no. downfall is trying to put in all the comedy breaks it like stops the momentum of like the, what the physical effect that action movies have on you like when you break it up so many times with like stupid little comedic bits that nobody that aren't funny it's like now you're just like you're slowing my heart rate down and i don't i don't care yup so wow you should just go watch prey if you already have hulu it's <laughs> literally free prey is rad i wow. think you should watch it actually i think you might like it and like i keep I said, it's seeing really short. stuff about it i've been seeing a lot of stuff about it it's just I rad. tried to look up because I did I've never seen any of the Predator movies. So I was trying to look up earlier, like what you don't need to see were. it. You literally don't okay. need to see any other Predator movie. Um, and I just love that they cast like actual Comanche performers. Yeah. Yeah. I and, saw some of the pictures from the premiere and I was like, these people yeah. are look dope. Like, what other film can you name that stars an indigenous woman? I can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I can't either. TBH. So watch that instead of Bullet Train. Okay. That's my thoughts. I know I've been kind of rambling, but I did not like it. <laughs> I'm so sorry you didn't like it. And it's like, you know, Morbius is trash, but we had fun watching that. And I just didn't have, like, I didn't have fun watching this. I felt bad afterwards. I was like, okay. <laughs> it wasn't even laughably bad. So in that case, it might actually be worse than Morbius. Wow, that's sad. Imagine being worse than Morbius. I think this is my worst film of the year so far. Yeah. Wow. 
because I can't wait for us to revisit the idea of the anti-media moment because you and I have had a couple of things. Yeah, we've had a couple of things this year that we've been like, I hate this with a passion. What did I just talk about a couple of weeks ago that I was like so upset about? Oh. I don't remember. I remember. I'll have to look. Because remember, that's when we had the idea. I was like, you were like, wow, you rarely talk about things that you hate this much. And I was like, I Hold know. And, I, and then we were like, we should do the anti-media moment. And then we I'm were looking like, it up <gasps> in real time. Okay. okay. So it wasn't last episode. Maybe it was episode 16. I'm trying to find the the outline. Because last episode, you talked about uh, my universe fashion boutique, which you guys, I've played mm-hmm. at this point when I was watching Shuri. Oh my God. He played literally like 30 hours of it, you guys. No, I did not. It was the yes, D.B. Cooper did. documentary that you hated. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hated that documentary. Absolutely trash. Don't watch that shit. Literally, do not. Anyway, we Where should wrap this shit up because it's been a minute. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Don't you apologize. know what? They didn't We're get an episode. Content. They didn't get an episode last week. That, you know, I was booked and busy. Now you're getting an episode where I'm still booked and busy, but I made it. Exactly. And you know what? Some people like our longer episodes. Robin thanked me and said, wow, thank you for your 90 minute episode that you made because I was packing and it helped fill the air. Well, you know what, Robin? Here you go. Here's another Here you one. Go. I feel like this is 90. <laughs> I feel like this isn't even 90 minutes though. No, Maybe it's, it it's, it's between hour 15 and 90, but the more we talk, it's getting closer to 90. So okay. well, whatever. We should say have a good night and we'll see you next week. You're not on another retreat next week, right? No, I'm actually home next week. And then I'm leaving again on Thursday. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Well, have a good night. Have a good night.